0: Welcome. I'm your host, Andrea Maximo, and you are listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited, everyone. Welcome to the Electric Feminine today. I am your host, Andrea Maximo, and today we have a guest, that i um very quickly fell in love with yes i know i say this all the time but i pick amazing women what can i say and i do this on purpose obviously I am attracted to energy, and this person has extraordinary energy. It was a sisterhood feeling from the beginning. Um, I saw her on TikTok. Yes, you know, one of my favorite places to hang out, and she was belly dancing. Now, I have been fascinated with belly dancing for a long time. However, I've only really seen a version of it, which I have now over the years. I'm learning there are different styles to it. It comes from different regions of the world and there's even different ideas as to how it actually originally started and whom it was for. So you may be surprised by a lot of this, but our guest today is Noor Jahan and she is extraordinary. Her dancing is exquisite, she is going to do things differently than what you may have seen in the belly dance world. And I think that's what drew me in. But for her and I, we made a specific connection around the fact that I spoke so fondly of how pure movement brings women together and how they hold space for each other as they're dancing. And one woman will sometimes be dancing in the center and we'll all be screaming and cheering her on. And right away, she made that connection as to something she's experienced in her belly dancing background. So jahan, welcome, amazing goddess.
1: Thank you. It is an honor to be here. I've been following you for a long time. So when I heard
0: from you, I was like, yeah, my dream. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Will you tell them a little bit about, you know, you're you are a belly dance instructor, but tell them a little bit more about what that entails. What do you do? So I grew up belly
1: dancing from like the time that I could walk. My mom, her sisters taught me how to belly dance and they learned it from my grandmother, from my great grandmother. So it's been passed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And um, in our culture, it's not like you go to belly dance classes. You just learn it from whoever is in your family or whoever's mm-hmm. your family friends. And it's just a bunch of women coming together. But when I went to college, I left home and I felt this big gaping hole um, where belly dance used to be. And so I decided mm. to start teaching it on college campus. So I taught it starting maybe around age 19. And really it was a, it was creating a space for women to come together and celebrate each other. Cause you know, when you're on campus and everybody's kind of going out and people are judging each other and there's there's not a lot of space for women to come together and just celebrate each other so um, I had a friend who is Lebanese who also belly danced and the two of us taught together on Saturday mornings and that's where I decided I just wanted to be a dancer I didn't really know what that looked like or how that was going to play out, but that's how I started teaching belly dance, which is like dances. I have a lot of passions. I have a lot of things that I love, (laughs) but dance is like my sole passion. Like I, Mm -hmm. I feel like I I can't live without it. So I
0: love that. That's beautiful. Can you tell us where your uh, family is from originally?
1: Yes. It's complicated as you know. And so Mm -hmm. it's, I'm very mixed. My mom's side of the family. My mom is from Tanzania. Her mother and grandmother are from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, There's a lot of mixing in East Africa. And um, so there are arguments and debates about where belly dance comes from in our family. And Mm -hmm. there isn't one solid answer, just like belly dance generally. Um, Different people argue different things. But my great grandmother was half Manyema and the Manyema people are from kind of the um southeast corner of congo near lake tanganyika mm-hmm. and my mom says that a lot of our dance comes from that there are also influences from north africa from egypt and then i grew up in the united states my dad is white american mm-hmm. my dad didn't influence my belly dance <laughs> but growing <laughs> up in the united states yeah I've danced with people from all over the world so like my friend who is Lebanese we have Mm -hmm. very different styles but Mm -hmm. I would learn from her style she would learn from my style it's such a communal dance the way that we practiced it Mm -hmm. that you just kind of feed off each other's energy and you learn these different moves and people are kind of making some are making up moves as they go but some are bringing moves from their specific culture so when you see my belly dance it's I can't pretend that it's like this pure thing from one Mm -hmm. specific place. It's it's kind of like me and my ethnicity. It's like all of these different people and places and women coming together to make it what it is. So
0: yeah. Oh my
1: goodness, my (laughs) hair
0: is standing up. I'm like, oh my God, I love her. Um, no, no, this is so good because, you know, a couple of things are standing out to me, but in particular, I wanted to go back to where, you know, that there's a, I think there is a perception, the stereotype is yeah. that belly dancing comes from the middle East. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's, that's it, you know, and, um, you know, I, 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 the first time I had any hint that there could be any African ties, you know, um, to belly dancing is I was asked to come on to a talk show and I can't remember what it was. It's, um, you know, one of those daytime talk show type things. And it was a little bit on the cheesy side. And I, you know, this episode was about helping women, you know, feel sexy again. Mind you, it was a male host. I should have already had red flags. (laughs) But so they invited me on, they called my studio that I was a part of at the time. They said, we need pole dance and, you know, whatever you teach. So they sent me in, but they also had belly dancers there. And the dancers were all Black American. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: I said, um, well, I say Black American. I don't know if it's just me, but I know they were Black. And I said, Oh, your belly dancers. And she said, yeah, well, you know, belly dancing was also in Africa. And I was like, I did not know. And she's like, and did you know that it also wasn't meant for men originally? I was like, what? Yeah. And that's when I was like, wait a second. That was the first time I started thinking, okay, there's something more here. There's more to the story. So I love, I love how you're speaking. Um, so honestly about it being from really couple of different places and yeah. each one having their own style now would you say the clothing now here's what's interesting because when Nurjahan dances when you go to her videos she's wearing um full what what is what is it called traditionally what you're wearing
1: they're called different things in different places but some people call mm-hmm. them abayas or galabi well it's not really a galabia kaftans they're like
0: Kaftan, right okay yeah It's yeah. a word that I feel like I would I would no, that's because my my dad and my mom used to wear them all the time. Like it was yeah. like a big thing in the '70s and the '80s yeah. too. So they wore them. But Nurhan will wear that, and then she just has a simple scarf tied around her hips. Yeah. So you're fully covered, as opposed to what we see oftentimes in belly dancing, which is like very, you know, sm- the bras and you know the tiny little you know scarf kind of skirt, lots of skin showing. What, yeah. What's the deal there? Tell me, tell me what's going on there between the differences.
1: Yeah. What's interesting is that my first exposure to like the bra and the skirts and things like that was in America. Well, I mean, obviously I grew up in America, but the yeah. it, it, I, it never occurred to me that people dressed in the, I, I, the only thing I was exposed to when I was little was women wearing these big kind of wide gowns with the scarf being the, the piece that highlights the hip movement. Right. Mm-hmm. And the hip movement is, Where again, where my mom is from, the hip movement is the important piece. The chest and the arms are more of the, and I'm speaking as if I'm a professional. I mean, like, I I know the history of everything. From my experience, from what I've seen, the chest and the arms are more popular kind of in the Middle East and North Mm -hmm. Africa, whereas Mm -hmm. hips are more prevalent in, at least in East Africa, in Tanzania, where my mom is from. But, um, What I love about it personally, I can't explain why there's that difference because I don't really know. I think that's a different, it's a different practice. Mm -hmm. And I think women should dress in whatever feels good and whatever feels like Mm -hmm. it expresses that sensuality or taps into it. Mm -hmm. What I love about being able to wear the bigger gowns is that my mom always says like, the more you have to shake, the better. So like anything (laughs) that you have, anything that shakes, it's just because you don't have to do as much work, right? Right, Like I love. He's these little, like, I've always been kind of the frame of a little boy. <laughs> my 12 year old and I wear the same clothes. <laughs> so I
0: know. I'm dying because I, I totally get that. I have to, I tell the girls in pure movement, like, when skinny, like me, we have to work really hard to make those curves pop yes. out. Like I my ass way out. I have
1: to work. I, so I have to work extra hard to get anything to shake. I'm like, come on now. Like I, if I can get something to shake, I feel really, look. If it's the fat on my arm, right? He like something. Give me something so I can jiggle it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But my mom always says that if you have more to shake, then it's easier because you don't have to you don't have to work as hard for it, right? Right, right. right especially right. if you have like big hips. Especially if you have like my mom calls them culitos. I know that's a Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> it's my yeah. family's so mixed, so we have all these different <laughs> languages. Coming. But if you have like a big, if you have a big booty, I mean, you can make it pop just by like clenching your mu- I clench my muscle and my butt just kind of like gets hard.
0: <laughs> just <contract and> wiggle. <laughs> I know. it's it
1: But, but what I like about the big dress is there are two things, right? Yeah. One is that it's not about the shape. Like it, it allows you to love on every part of your body without concerning mm. yourself with like, what does it look looking like right in this mm-hmm. moment? Am I sucking in? Did I just eat like 500 some busas, mm-hmm.
0: which I probably just
1: did when I'm done? Mm-hmm. it's, it's more about the kind of frame of the movement, which I love. And also, even if you don't have a lot to shake in my particular situation it can give the illusion of having more that's moving, which to me is really fun. But in a lot of ways, belly dance isn't the way that we practice it. It is so sensual. It is so beautiful. It's so powerful. And we celebrate each other for those movements. Mm-hmm. And it's so much more about how you feel doing it. Mm -hmm. It's not about looking a certain way or copying somebody else's movement. It's about Mm -hmm. channeling that sensuality in yourself it's about feeling sexy, feeling confident, showing up and being big, Mm -hmm. taking up the center of the circle, letting yourself be celebrated by other women. There's this sense, and you know all that. That's why I love talking to you about pure movement because I think it's really similar. You're literally
0: talking my language right now. (laughs) Yeah.
1: When you talked about it, I was like, oh my goodness, the same thing. But when when you're in a group of women, there's a sense of safety that I personally don't feel in other spaces. You know, if I go out to a, a club to go dancing or if I'm going fill in the blank, you know, if I'm going to the grocery yeah. store, dancing down the aisle, yeah, yeah <laughs> whatever yeah. I'm doing, I feel so loved and held, surrounded by women and it's permission to feel while you're moving. It's not about the that's external hard. and how good you look while you're doing right. it, even though you're gonna look good. Right. It's about, it's about feeling all, feeling the sadness. You can cry while you're dancing, mm-hmm. you can laugh, you can feel fury. It's about expression. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it. That's what I love about it.
0: That's extraordinary. Like I am listening to you and I'm just like reinvigorated with you know my interest and in, and in learning it. I'm the, the thing with the clothing too, just, just to put a button on that, I, I really feel a bow, a button, whatever. <laughs> this is what happens when I try <laughs> to use terminology. That's just not, I don't talk all about of it. So we're we going to put say, all this stuff on it. <laughs> My husband and I, like, I always do like his business terms and he's like, you know, we're going to wrap it up, put a button on it. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> anyway, we'll, lace it out. we'll do all the lace it up. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, with, with that, I love the concept always of women having options. Okay. And us freeing ourselves from either, or the, this or that. And what I heard the most in what you were saying too, is that there was an option to embody the dance and not have to have it be about your body. Okay. And there's an option to embody the dance and let your body be a very central focus of it because the less clothing that is on, you know, I have to admit you're looking at everything because all the parts are moving, right. You know, the tassels are moving on the breast, and all the things are moving. So it's beautiful and it's sensual, but there's definitely a draw to everything. When I watch you dance, not to be in comparison, it's just a, a, an open, you know, observation of the two,
1: yeah. there
0: is nothing to look at, but your hips yeah. and your hips are telling the story. And so my focus is there and you're saying this is intentional and this is where we want it to be is in, in the hips. Cause that's where the story lives, right? Which on so many levels, this is true. Um, but I love too, that really it can be an option and you strike me as someone who you grew up this way, but you also understand that. And I think if more of us could move towards that, that I may have grown up this way, but I can understand that there's some women who feel very comfortable and very empowered dancing in that. And that's a beautiful thing. And I can hold space for both.
1: Exactly. And my feelings about clothing is... I do have, I do have my own like feelings and thoughts about Mm -hmm. how I want to wear clothes. Mm -hmm. And when I dress, I want to make sure that I'm not hiding myself because I hate parts of my body. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. hiding, you know, I'm not hiding my, I'm not hiding my boobs because I hate my boobs. I'm not hiding my stomach because I hate my stomach. I want to feel whole and beautiful. And even this process of being on TikTok and mm-hmm. for the first time dancing publicly wearing traditional clothing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I've never, you know, I haven't often publicly performed belly dance because once it becomes mm-hmm. performance, it feels like it, it can take away my agency. This yeah. is my first time being like, I'm going to try to, perf- I'm gonna try to perform while also claiming this as my own space mm-hmm. and a space for other women. Mm -hmm. And it's been such an interesting journey. And on that journey, I, my whole entire body became covered in eczema this past couple of months, because it's been so stressful. Yeah, I'm coming out of this, this sense of shame for dancing in public. And Mm -hmm. as my body became covered in eczema, I was like, "Ooh, good thing I'm wearing these covering dresses so they can't see the eczema. And as I found myself doing that, I realized oh, I'm hiding, I'm hiding this part of myself because I don't mm-hmm. feel good about it. So mm-hmm. I purposely would continue dance. I really love dancing in the traditional clothes. Mm-hmm. I, it makes me feel comfortable. And um, it just, it, it connects me with home in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So I still continue to dance in those clothes. But when I went to go pick up my kids from school or when I go to, you know, go out into the world, I challenged myself to wear things that allowed the eczema on my arms to show so i I for myself, this isn't for everybody, not everybody has to show everything in order to feel mm-hmm. good about it, but I challenge myself to not hide those parts of myself so I could remind myself that i'm not I'm not purposefully wearing clothes to hide because of shame. I'm wearing clothes because they're comfortable because I think they're beautiful because I love them. And one of those practices, one of the practices that I use when I'm not covered in eczema and when I am mm-hmm. is I stand in front of my mirror completely naked right before I get into the shower and I dance in front of the mirror and I practice thinking or saying only loving, beautiful things to myself mm-hmm. so that even if I only feel comfortable going out into the world fully covered. hmm I'm still building that relationship with my whole body so that I feel good about every single part of my body. And that to me, when I see women dancing in different clothing, I, my understanding is these women are dancing in clothing that makes them feel beautiful and mm-hmm. sexy and fun and free and whatever, whatever that looks like, right. whether they're fully you know wearing hijab and everything, or whether they're wearing the tassels on the, the titty
0: tassels, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, yes.
1: Yes, and I think that clothing does not, it, it's not, doesn't necessarily define us, right? It's an expression mm-hmm. of us. It's like a piece of artwork that we're wearing that shows something, whether it's a reflection of what makes us comfortable or what we want the world to see us as. Right. I think that it can be, it can be really powerful when we allow ourselves to express mm-hmm. ourselves without judgment with yes. just love. So,
0: oh. Woo, so good. So good. So, I mean, if if y'all haven't caught on <laughs> belly dancing is deeply healing on so oh. many levels, but no, I want you to share with us, if you will, just how healing it was. You had a very traumatic event happen um, to you. And I'm going to let you tell, tell the story. So I mentioned that I
1: started teaching belly dance in college, huge Mm -hmm. part of my life. And that's where I decided I wanted to be a dancer of some kind, whether it's teaching or performing or what that could look like. Um, But there was a big stigma and continues to be a big stigma in my family. And a lot of times in my religion, I'm Muslim, um, about women dancing in public and, um, I obviously don't have a problem with it. I love it. I need to see people who look like me, feeling comfortable in their bodies. Me personally, that's my preference. And so I love going out dancing, all that. So one summer, right before my senior year of college, I was still deciding whether I was brave enough to actually be a dancer. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went out dancing and there was a shooting. Mm It's on the rooftop of this dance club. And uh, the man next to me was killed. I got shot in the leg and it shattered my tibia. Another man was shot there too. And after that, I struggled deeply. I struggled with the emotional recovery. Honestly, I didn't even address the emotional recovery because the physical recovery was so hard for me. I didn't realize until eight years after the shooting, I had been walking on and off with a cane. Um, I didn't realize that my, my leg had never fully healed. I kept going to the doctor and saying, it just doesn't feel right. You know, it just, it feels like it's broken. It feels like I'm walking on a broken leg. And they finally found, and they let me go to a specialist that there was a hole still in my bone where the bullet had gone through. It shattered my whole leg and the outside had rehealed, but there was a hole. And Mm -hmm. so they ended up doing surgery and everything this was by, I got shot when I was 21. And this, I think I got the surgery around 20, age 29. And still by 31, I still struggled. I still had to use the cane. I was still having such a hard time. And I still struggled with the emotional recovery because I didn't even address it. I was still, you know, when I was still thinking about the physical part, I didn't dance for so long. So I know what it's like to to have my life without dance. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time, in a lot of ways, I was scared because my aunt, right after I got shot, literally when I when I got back home, I overheard her talking to my mom and said, you know, she went out dancing, what did she expect? Mm. And part, of, I mean, it, to me, that was a huge reminder that if you break the rules, if you step out of line, bad things happen. So I blamed my shooting on myself. And so the process of getting myself to try to dance again after feeling like dance was the reason I got shot, not only was I out dancing, but if you dance, especially in public, if you do these things and stretch beyond what's allowed, there are consequences. Mm -hmm. And so I lived for a long time without dance and I think you'll laugh when you hear it, the way that I started to dance again, because it was, it's a little bit ridiculous, but I, I started working on um, the emotional side by, by opening up, you know, started talking about everything that happened to me, started mm-hmm. accessing the help that the emotional support I needed and started facing fears. And one of my biggest fears was, look, I still, I was still walking on and off with of a cane. I knew I couldn't dance well. I hadn't danced in almost a decade. So I decided, what if I danced really badly? And what if I danced really badly, really publicly? So I decided one day, <laughs> like I would always try to go out and take a walk or go on a run and my leg would hurt like hell and I'd get frustrated and I'd get angry because I just couldn't do the things I wanted to do. And one day I was trying to go on a run and I couldn't. I just I couldn't do it. I was listening to really good music and I was like I mean the music's kind of good. What if I just kind of like danced silly? Like a little sideways, I'll limp on the leg that hurts, right? And I'll just like flail my arms. And I'll let everybody see me doing this. And I live I live in the suburbs now, okay? So imagine like you're you're driving by and I was on the side of the world, half limping, half flailing my arms. And I did it for like 15 minutes. That was the longest. Oh, wow. That was longer than I could have ever walked, that I could have run. I like, I, this was the most exercise I had gotten in so long. And let me tell you how invigorating it was to be mm-hmm. able to move my body aggressively. I did it aggressively. <laughs> <laughs> Like doing all the things, okay? and I did it. And I got home, and my leg hurt like hell, but it felt so good. I let it all out, and I did this three days. I committed, like, I'm gonna do this three days a week. I did it three days a week for six months. I had people being like, "So I saw you, um, I saw you dancing. Yeah, was that like was that part of your exercise routine? I was shameless because I had, I knew that if I wanted to be able to dance again, I had to be okay with dancing badly. I didn't know if my leg was ever going to get better. I had already Mm -hmm. gotten the surgeries. I had three Mm -hmm. surgeries by that point. And I was like, look, you either dance badly or you don't dance at all. And you know what don't dance at all looks like. It's depressing. It was hard. So I did that until I got to the point where my legs strengthened enough for me to run. Enough for me to dance again, enough for mm-hmm. me to belly dance again. And still my leg hurts sometimes. I kept my cane this time because one time I threw it away thinking I was all the way better. And then I had the right cane. <laughs> so I still have my cane, but I think I don't know if I've gone a full year without it mm-hmm. yet, but I feel like I might have gone a full year without it. Mm-hmm. And when I have to walk with my cane, I dance on the floor, I dance on my couch, I mm-hmm. dance. However, I need to dance because I promise you that no matter what happens to my body, if I'm alive, I'll be dancing. I don't care if I'm dancing with my eyes. How I believe. <laughs>
0: oh my god! There's always a the way. That. I, mean. I believe that. Now, I I think I remember watching one of your videos where you were saying that you know I didn't know this part about how you know you did the crazy dancing in public to oh, yeah. get to the the Publicly, next piece, but
1: shameless. you. <laughs>
0: You the aggressive dancing in public, but you had said in the video that the therapy wasn't necessarily what helped you, but it was the dancing yes. with the women again. Yes. That really was a huge contribution. Can you talk a little bit about what what specifically was that moment that 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 started to come to the realization for you?
1: Yeah. So I struggled. I think what I struggled with the, with therapy and I tried it like eight or nine times. I I kept, I am proud of myself for never giving up. So there's Mm -hmm. one message I want to share with everybody. It's that if you feel like there's no way that you can either get back to the thing that you love or feel like yourself again, just Mm -hmm. whatever you do, don't quit trying to find something that will work. But I think therapy was hard for me because I come from such a communal culture that being one-on-one with somebody, I it didn't feel as healing for me as Mm -hmm. being in community. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I tried all of these different things, you know, dancing with other women, belly dancing has been extremely healing for me. Mm -hmm. And I went to um, these different, like, I don't know if they're retreats or conferences, whatever you want to call them. One retreat in particular, that was all women And it wasn't, it wasn't specifically belly dancing. It was like all different kinds of embodied meditations, right? So Mm -hmm. somatic healing practices. And at the end, there's this big celebration where each woman goes into the middle. She feels all her feelings and then she just starts dancing, right? Mm -hmm. It was my turn. And in this, my intention when I got there was to be able to feel all my feelings without dying, Like Mm. I actually thought if I felt everything from my shooting, I wouldn't survive. I I don't know if it was my brain that was telling me that or what, but I, the feelings were so big. I felt like I, they were insurmountable. So I went into the middle and I broke down, which is what most of the women did when they first went into the middle and then they kind of blossomed, right. And Mm -hmm. started dancing. I couldn't blossom. I couldn't move. Mm. I was stuck in fetal position. And I was wailing and I couldn't stop. So a woman came into the middle and she was like, what do you need? And I didn't, I couldn't even talk. So she asked me, is it okay? Can you lay down? So I laid down on my back and spread out my arms and legs. And she said, is it okay if all the women here come and hold you? Mm -hmm. Oh, it makes me want to cry just thinking about Mm -hmm. it. So it was about 30 women and I was shaking. I was crying. I couldn't, I couldn't even talk. You know, everything on me was shaking and they all came and each of them put their hand on my body until I stopped shaking and I felt so held and I let myself feel all the scariest feelings in the world. I thought I, for a long time, I felt like I was meant to die the night of my shooting that I shouldn't Mm -hmm. have lived. And I felt a lot of guilt for the man who died next to me. Mm -hmm. And I allowed myself to feel through all of that until I felt safe. And that moment for me, it showed me a couple of things. One is that I don't, I don't think we can heal alone. You know, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't heal alone. I needed, I needed women. I needed women to make me feel like I was safe. Uh, that touch, that physical touch was so important for me. And then the most beautiful part was that afterwards, you know, we still went, you know, next woman, next woman, one of the women went into the middle and she broke down. And then when it was her time to dance, she brought me into the center to share her dance with her. And so she was like, you never got your celebration. And so we got to celebrate together. So I feel, you know, I I love belly dance and that's my culture and that's my passion. But any opportunity for women to come together, to support mm-hmm. each other, to celebrate each other and to move together, there's just no greater power.
0: Woo! This woman. <laughs> Man, you got me just run into emotions <laughs> over here. I mean, so many. Um okay. Thank you for sharing that. I really, I am so appreciative of your, your authenticity, your honesty, your willingness to share on just on so many levels. You know, I, The piece about the blame really, it, it stood out to me because what I started to make these kind of connections to is how often you know, women throughout history have assumed or felt or been told the blame was on them they had worn that dress the blame was on them because they went to that party the blame was on them because they accepted the drink um the blame was on them for just living their fucking life basically (laughs) For existence,
1: our bodies are a crime
0: yeah essentially do you know what i mean um and and i heard the same thing with that the blame was on you they're saying because you broke the rules and you stepped out of line and you did what young women were not supposed to be doing and this is why those things happen and, you know, we, we know that cultural family blueprints traditions get passed on and, and it just takes one unicorn <laughs> to be the cycle breaker, right? Ooh. And you may be the one or maybe a few of them in your family, but you definitely are one of them for sure. You are a unicorn sis. I know this. I don't even need to know the whole situation, <laughs> but I know you're the one with the horn on. Um, yeah. And, you know, when you're in that position... It, it may just have, I do believe that sometimes things will run a certain course through a family until one is born that says, this is not the way I want to do it though. And why are we doing it this way? And, and is brave enough to question it, um, and live outside of the box and have a different kind of experience of life. So I, I think it's beautiful that you are the one, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, you, you don't want to, ever say that a tragedy happens for a reason, but I feel that things happen because they just happen. It's what we do with it afterwards.
1: Yes. That
0: piece you, you do have something to do with, right. And, you know, you really, you took the situation and you, uh, you know, I think you, you let it fuel you in so many ways, even just how you speak about it is so inspiring online. You know, you don't have to share their story. No one is obligated to. And, if you're willing to, if you if you have it in you to do so, know that you're helping so many people, so many people. You know, yeah. um, it's just a ripple effect too. It just takes one person to hear it, to feel inspired, to then share it, and, yeah. share, it and share it and share it and share it, and know that it's possible. I, I want to switch gears for a little bit here because you know we're talking about and women um, and and the rules and breaking them and what have you. Why do you feel? Um, well, what does sensuality mean to you? Aside from dancing, what else does it mean to you?
1: Vulnerability and connection. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I per- this is why it hurts my heart that women are taught, not all women, obviously, mm-hmm. but in so many of our cultures, we're taught to shut down that mm-hmm. part of ourselves. Mm-hmm. That part of ourselves, I think is the most, It's the most powerful part and it is vulnerability and connection, which Mm -hmm. to me, vulnerability is your biggest strength. You know, sensuality is the ability to love and be loved. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's about connecting with my own body Mm -hmm. and loving on and being present to my own body and then allowing myself to do that. With other people and being able to do that with other women. It's mm-hmm. funny, most people, because most people think of belly dance as this performance for men. Mm-hmm. I I think that the way that I practice belly dance is really foreign to a lot of people. I've never belly danced for my husband. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the desire to belly dance for him because. Mm-hmm. It's not for him. The mm-hmm. second I feel like I dance for a man, it's like, I'm. it's not that I don't, I'm like, let me, let me, let me not get into it. <laughs> this, okay? It's not that we don't do other things. It's that this practice specifically yeah. is. it's by and for women mm-hmm. because we need that connection, that vulnerability, that sensuality, that sisterhood, To be able, it's giving each other permission to feel. And I think the difference is the reciprocation of it, Mm -hmm. right? It's maybe if my husband wanted to belly dance with me and he was like, let's do it together. We can have fun. We'll connect through it. Then that would be great. But it's it's that women do it with and for each other to give each other permission to feel and be felt. Like Mm -hmm. I have been in spaces where... Can I tell a quick story? Yeah, yeah, please. So um, my one of my aunties was really sick. She had ovarian cancer. Mm -hmm. And so my mom, one of my other aunties and I flew out to Kenya where she was living. And then my other auntie from Tanzania came. And so it was me with with all of these aunties together. And they Belly danced and they sang songs and they laughed and they cried and cried and cried and cried because they knew it was their last time with their sister. Mm -hmm. And I think what people people I so often on my TikTok thing, people are like, Why are you dancing about this horrible tragedy? Or why are you dancing when you're telling the story of losing a baby? Why would you dance while you're talking about really sad things? Dance isn't just Celebration. It's feeling the full range of emotions. When you cut one emotion out, you're cutting out the depth of that art. You know, if I say I can only dance when I'm happy, I'm cutting out that part of myself. I feel like when I allow myself to dance and feel all of the feelings in the same song, even in the same moment. It's permission to be a whole human being. Yes. And women don't get that permission very often. You have to like show one side, right? Be this for everybody. Yes. Save each other permission to be all of ourselves together in community. Mm-hmm. I think I took that on a really long tangent,
0: but I feel no. like it was a
1: worthwhile
0: to too. <laughs> no, it was relevant as fuck though. And it was it needed to be said. You know, I'm I'm listening to it. I'm literally like, this is pure movement. This is it. It's it's it is just a permission that is given. And, you know, I often say that in the beginning, I did not dance for my husband originally, even though I had gone to the class with the intention that this is gonna be something spicy for,
1: for mm-hmm. my marriage,
0: right? Yeah. Um, I'll take it back and we'll have some fun with this. And then it became such a thing between me and the women that were in class every week together, it was the same group of women. You know, you, you were part of a group and the group kind of went on into level up to level. So some of these women, to this day, because the studio is still open, have been there for 15 years together, dancing together, okay? So, you know, it was a communal thing. It was our thing, you know? It was, no one knew what was happening in this class. Um, they just heard a lot of screaming happening from the outside. My husband yeah. came to bring me keys one time. and He's like, what's happening Who's banging yeah. on the walls? I'm like, that's me, um, you know, cheering away. away. Yeah. Um, it was, and I, even when we did perform publicly, which was rare, we would do a co-ed teachers, um, you know, to, to get people to come to the studio, obviously, but we would allow mm-hmm. men to come. And I remember in particular, my very first demo demonstration, and it was me and about six or seven of the teachers. And we were in the main studio in Los Angeles and it was packed. There was like a line out the door because everybody was like, we got permission to go in to the temple. So <laughs> what it seemed like we were yeah. going to be allowed to see the, what's really teacher. happening in there. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was equal parts, uh, uh men, women in room. But when we came out, yeah. The women erupted Yes, and the men shrunk. They got so small. And I remember one teacher's boyfriend looked at her. He goes, it was uncomfortable. And she goes, what? He goes, why were you all screaming so crazy like that? Like, he's like, it felt a little savage. (laughs) She was like, good. God, he's like, it was very primal. It was very savage. It was very, not what they were used to seeing women that excited for each other, screaming for each yes. other, for other women being dancing in a way that most of the guys there were used to being for them.
1: Yes. They got much more quiet because they realize it's not about them. No. And women, we see each other. We feel it. We get yes. the energy is like pulled out of us when we see it. That's part of why, you know, I have such part of me, The part of the reason that I, decided to start dancing publicly was because I was like, we have this thing, like this amazing thing that we could share with the with the other women in the world, but if they don't see it, they'll yes. never know that it's here. And the only exposure to belly dance, in, it's not the only, but a lot of the popularized version of it is mm-hmm. like performance for men, right? Right. right? So if women don't see that we have this thing that is so empowering, so beautiful, all of these... And when I do it on TikTok, when I'm dancing, it's women, like women are yeah. the ones that see it. like, if men want to see somebody shaking their ass, they can find, they, mm-hmm. you can find it wherever you want, where it's for you, but they see it and they recognize that it's not for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And women recognize, yeah, this is ours. Right. Yeah. They see it and they're pulled from it. That's what I feel when I watch all your videos. Yeah, that's that's what, what I was, I was like, just, just so going to say
0: though that's how I felt because I we when we came up we didn't have social media when yeah. I was a teacher when I was a student we were not filming each other we had phones but we weren't filming each other we weren't setting cameras up and so we had and we had no mirrors in the studio yeah. so I actually didn't know what I look like dancing I knew what all the other women look like so the first time I saw myself on film I actually was like oh wow that's cool right and I'm like that's so pretty like you just don't know because and you don't think about what it looks like cuz you're so busy in what it feels like okay yes. so now you saw the visual aspect of it now here comes social media and i struggled yeah. i struggled because i was so used to it being mine or me and my women that to put it out there felt like a betrayal yeah. but at the same time like i was taking the mystery away and i was sharing it with people i did not know which i would never do i would never dance for people i don't know okay yeah. but the same thing came to me. If they don't know what it looks like, yeah. they won't know to have the permission because it's such a random thing to explain. Like you say belly dancing, people have at least an idea. I say sensual okay. movement and they're like, what the fuck is that? It yeah. could be a million different. It could be the things they think in a strip club, an erotic dance. It could be this. And it's so, it is a little bit of everything, but yeah. it was still not landing on what it was. I had to make the choice and I intentionally made the choice. I will show but even when I dance for TikTok, that's not really me the way I would dance with you.
1: Yeah. Okay. But so you hold back.
0: No. If there were four, I do. I do. I have to. First of all, it's public.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Second of all, I'm still in a place of not trusting it will be interpreted correctly because they are catching 30 seconds of a three and a half minute dance. Yeah. And because people's attention spans are like nil, I'm picking <laughs> the spiciest 30 seconds. So they're not right. even seeing the authentic build that it takes for me to get to the part that you're watching. So while yes, it is me, I try my best to put myself in the place. I would be lying to tell you, I'm not aware that the camera's on and I would be lying to tell you that it would be the exact same if I had seven of my goddesses in the room with me.
1: Yes, with that energy of the women around you. Okay, that's one thing. The other piece that I feel like is missing when we're doing the the TikTok piece Mm -hmm. is nobody sees me fall. Like you're not seeing me fall down and laugh. You're not seeing somebody come pick me back up. You're not seeing me go down to the ground and then can't get back up. So somebody's like, okay, well, (laughs)
0: that happened. I fell off the fucking couch because my bracelet got stuck in my dress. (laughs) And I was so mad because when I went to cut it, it lost the second part because I wanted to post that so badly.
1: Yes. Yes. I have a video, it's too long for TikTok because I was making it for YouTube, but I have a video of me trying to teach the backbend and I was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and then I told him, I was yelling to my husband, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm dancing on a screen. Like, it's just not the same as being in a room with, you don't have the energy. It's a... I posted a video recently where a woman was driving by and she starts yelling out the car. She was like, that's going to be a sexy one. She just started yelling out of the car. And I felt like all of a sudden, like everything changed. And even when I watched the video, it made me realize how much is missing Mm -hmm. when I'm just doing me. And I wish I could do like, I wish I could do film a belly dance party Mm -hmm. and have but there are so many women who cover or so many women who don't feel, it feels like a violation of that space in some ways to make it public. That's why I was so excited about that Somali woman where there was a video (gasps) of it.
0: I love that video.
1: Yes. So for context, it was this woman (laughs) who was an incredible, incredible dancer, but it was in, it was surrounded by women when we're throwing money at her, which is exactly what we do, right? Mm -hmm. And she was so... She was so amazing, but so many people on TikTok and it it hurts my soul because so many people, so many Muslims on TikTok were shaming her. She was wearing hijab, Mm -hmm. right? So, which it it pisses me off that that then becomes a sign that people can shame you. You know, it's it's supposed to be a sign of modesty of showing Mm -hmm. like, and instead it gives other people permission to say, oh, you're not a real Muslim or whatever it might Mm -hmm. be. But anyways, people were shaming her for that. They were calling, they were saying that she's not real Somali. She's Bantu, which to me was just another coded racist kind of way of saying, oh, she's not from up here. She's from down, you know, and just all those dynamics together. She asked me to take down the video. And that's the reason that is the reason that so few women are dancing the way that I'm that I'm talking about and the ways that I'm doing publicly because there's so much shaming. Yeah. Even though it's all women that are celebrating it, we need to see ourselves.
0: And I'm seeing a lot of the shame comes from women. And that's what breaks my heart too, It's other women. Now, I, I, I just recently reached out and I'm very excited about this. Uh, her name is Neda and she is a pole yes, dancer. Do you I know her? Know. Her,
1: yeah,
0: Yes. And she yeah. is in her full, you know, she's covered fully, but she has found a way to do pole dancing. And I thought I saw this and I was like, what the hell? This is amazing.
1: She's and awesome.
0: I hate that it has to be called amazing. I hate that she has to be called courageous for doing something as simple as enjoying herself on the pole. But let's face it. She's, she's getting, getting a lot of flack. Yeah. She's getting a lot of it and it breaks my heart because she's so happy and she's still staying modest within, like, that's the piece that kills me is that she's still staying respectful to the things that she believes and has found a way she's got sticky pants on y'all so that she can stick to the pole. I was like, this is fucking genius so that she can still come. And I just really thought, this is amazing. She's opening up so much possibility. I had another message. It's a woman from Saudi Arabia, apparently, who follows me on TikTok and she just same thing. She was like, I just want to say thank you for putting stuff like this out here because we don't get to see it where I'm at or, you know, I'm not privy to it and I don't see a lot of women doing it and it's very inspiring. Especially women
1: of color, especially because women of color are hypersexualized and Mm -hmm. so many of us are taught by our moms, by our grandparents, by our aunties, all Mm -hmm. That if you do this, bad things will happen, not because they hate us, because they've experienced it and they're Mm -hmm. passing down that fear. Mm -hmm. Because it's true. I'm not Mm -hmm. out here acting like, oh, I can dance and do whatever I want. And I'm not going to be threatened. I'm not bad things aren't going to happen to me. But I have decided that it's worth the risk. I have decided that my body in public is more important than anything that could happen to me as a result of it, because Mm -hmm. the result of it is not my doing. I'm not the one that's physically attacking somebody else. My, I'm just physically putting my body in a space that I feel like every person should be able to put their bodies. Like, how do we normalize women's bodies in public until we see them? I don't know. I don't know if there's another way to do it.
0: Right. Exactly. That, especially from women of color. Oof. Okay, my mind is like I, I, ha, I get into this place, and then I have to. This is my my lesson is I get into manifesting maniac mode, is what I'm calling it now. <laughs> and I'm listening to you, and all I keep thinking is like, oh my gosh, we're gonna do this together, and then we're gonna go here together, and then we're gonna do this, and we're gonna travel the world. <laughs> all oh, right, okay. this is okay. your last question, my love. Your last question. Okay. Uh, but be, before we even get to that, is there anything else about sensuality? how you express it, how you experience it, that you think you'd want to share uh, with the women listening or anybody Mm -hmm. listening?
1: I think that, I guess the biggest piece is that so many of us are scared to step into it, like Mm -hmm. to even take that first step into it. I have my neighbor, I don't think she'll mind me sharing. She's really sweet. I've been inviting her for like, five years, four years, however long to my belly dance parties at my house is mm-hmm. literally like right next door. <laughs> there's no, there's no excuse that works like traffic, you know what yeah. I mean? But for the past couple of years, she's, she's just not made it. Right. Mm-hmm. And this year she finally told me, you know, I've just been scared. because She doesn't know what it is. Right. She's right. like, she imagines, you know, that she has to wear something really skimpy or that mm-hmm. like all these women are going to be, if you're used to being in a space where women compete, Right. It's really hard to imagine going to a belly dance thing and not thinking I'm going to be pressured to do things or I'm going to feel physically uncomfortable. She came for the first time this year. And I wish that you, I know that you know this because you have women who come and you see yeah. them unleashed. Like she That's doesn't amazing. stop talking about it. Oh, <laughs> so,
0: I love that. That's the best part.
1: Cause she, she grew up in a very like a fu- fundamentalist Christian
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of upbringing. And she was, you know, taught that she's not allowed to have that sensuality. She's not allowed to express that sensuality. And so many of us are taught that my upbringing was really it. I want to even say disjointed because on the Mm -hmm. one hand it was, you're not allowed to have us in public, but on the other hand, it was like this rich, like seeing women of all ages express that sensuality. So I right. had it, I had the foundation for it, but I just wasn't allowed to do it outside. So my working through it is literally going outside and being shameless mm-hmm. for some other women who have never been able to embody that. It's just trying. So many people think that they can't do it because they've never done it before. All of us have it. We all have a natural sensuality, a natural rhythm, a natural mm-hmm. beauty it's not about looking like anybody else. My invitation or is for women to step out and try whether mm-hmm. it's pole, whether it's pure mm-hmm. movement, whether it's belly dance, whether it doesn't matter, whether it's something that you make up when you're in your bathroom by yourself and you play a really sexy song it's just to start and as you go. It gets more comfortable, it feels more safe, it feels more beautiful, and it builds that confidence. That I just I think that we all deserve that. You take away sensuality from a woman and you're taking away power, which is, I think, yeah. the point. I feel like it's time for us to reclaim that. And I feel like we're I feel like we're part of a movement that is just like the ball is starting
0: to roll and it's yes. gonna be massive. Yeah, so get on board and just like dance in the dark, whatever you need right? to do. <laughs> well, I do, I do. I just posted that little TikTok with the woman who was crawling across the counter. Did you see that one? I loved it. I thought that was awesome. What I what I wanted to be clear too in some of the comments and make sure they understood is I actually think how aware she is of how awkward she feels and making humor out of it is quite sexy. Yeah, like to me, her sexiness really was actually. Way on display because it was a level of humor and self awareness and confidence in herself, even though she was acting like she wasn't, she knew this was funny. And I love that about her. And so many women were like, This is what I would look like in your class. This is what I imagine. I'm like, Okay, but there's two different things going on. I want you to understand, even in the first video, that woman is performing. Yeah. She is crawling and performing for him to get his attention. I am not going to teach you anything that's going to require you to have to think that hard.
1: <laughs> Get out <laughs> of the head and into the body. Like exactly. the head has
0: nothing to do with it. This has nothing to do with put the, you know, I mean there's going to be some stuff obviously instructional, but it really is going to be more so about how they feel and it, you know, and just takes them trusting it. Okay, your last question, my love. You have once in a lifetime uh, la, 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 la. Let's try that again. Once in a lifetime <laughs> opportunity to have dinner, a very special dinner with three incredible people, entities, people from history, fictional character, real life, don't know him, never met him, best friend, I don't care who it is, who's coming to dinner with you?
1: All right, I decided that, okay. I feel like if it's going to be a dinner, can it also be a little bit of a dance party? Just like a little time.
0: Well, of course. I mean, okay. obviously I can't imagine you're not going to have a dance party.
1: I know. It's like middle of dinner and somebody turns on music. All right. I'm inviting Shakira because I Shakira was the first person I saw belly dance in public on a big, I remember it was in high school and my, my boyfriend at the time was like, oh, there's this woman and she belly dances. And he thought that I would be excited. And I looked and I was like, oh, it's like I judged her immediately, right? I was like, oh, she's the American woman. Not that there's anything wrong, but in my, I was like, it's, it's a different kind of belly dance that I've seen that's not the kind that I'm used to. And then I saw her and I was like, oh, she's, she's, I could see, you can see the energy, right? When she comes out. Mm-hmm. So she's like my, I absolutely love her. I love that she's a cross-section of so many different cultures and practices. Mm-hmm. So she's coming to the dinner party. We'll do a little bit of talking and a whole lot of dancing. Um, I feel like I, I, I met my grandmother one time and it was when I was right after I was born and she held me while she, and she was dying. And so, in my grandmother, I feel this deep connection with her. My mom always tells me that she just, she was, she loved dance. She had this zest for life. She was so rebellious. Like you mm-hmm. talked about me being a unicorn, I feel like I come from a lineage of women who are unicorns. They just broke rules that were like they started out so far away from where I am right now
0: mm-hmm. that each
1: woman down the line has broken rules my mom included so they know how scary it is so they try to mm-hmm. stop me from breaking their heart mm-hmm. but I feel like my grandma and I I just feel like we would celebrate I have so many questions I have so much love that okay so she's number two
0: and I want to invite you can you be the third person at the dinner party and we'll just go <laughs> I crazy I would love to fun. come thank you you know what i you're so funny because usually i hear the lineup and i'm like well can you squeeze a fourth in because i want to come to dinner with with gandhi and jesus and i've heard all kind diana ross gandhi and jesus at the table i'm like i want to come so yes i would be honored to be a a participant at your dance party dinner table theater thing yeah absolutely well if jesus
1: wants to tap into his sensuality (laughs) He's welcome to join Let you, you he's
0: joining <laughs> the, the real scoop is I think Jesus was mad sensual. They just don't want to talk about it. But anyway, that's from another time. Um, Congrats. my love, this has been extraordinary. It was exactly how I envisioned it would be. And just as before we got on the first thing, you know, Jahan says to me is I feel like you and I, I know we just met, but I feel like we have known each other and you were so easy um, to connect with and to speak too, and I know, I know, I, you're somebody that I'm going to learn from in the future. You're somebody I'm going to collaborate with, and I look forward to that time. I just need to remind myself to be patient. Yes, I know. Anyway, um, where can they find oh, you, my love, if they want to study with you or if they want to learn more about you? Tell them all the ways they can find you. These will all be in the notes as well for everyone listening.
1: So. Obviously, most of my videos are up on TikTok. So TikTok's the one spot. My, if I am announcing any classes or parties or anything like that, most my teaching right now is in person, but it's um, on my Instagram. So I always put my Instagram, you know, you'll see my stories or I'll put a post up saying that something's coming up. Um, I also have a website. So if you want to sign up for my newsletter, it's at nojahanbolden.com. It's really easy to spell. You just go just wing it and see what happens <laughs> but those are the big three places to okay. reach me. people can email me you can email me through the website and just you don't start.
0: have to say what city you're in but what state are you in in case they are in that state and they could come to you in person. yeah i'm in
1: southern california yes oh, okay. if you can come to me let me just tell you that either the belly dance parties or the in-person classes are so magical like there's magic that happens there I'm trying to figure out how to properly bring that magic online and one day I've tried different kind of ways of putting it online one day I'm going to find the spark and it's going to happen hopefully it'll be one day soon but -hmm. until then it's in Southern California and I have tutorials on YouTube so if you want to do again with the tutorials it's like I'm teaching you a specific move so Mm -hmm. it's very teachy And in the in-person stuff, it's very expression, but even you'll see on my YouTube tutorials. I'm like, you can do it this way, or you can do it that way. Feel what feels good in your body.
0: So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of flexibility in there too. Awesome. I love it. I love it. You are a freaking delight. I love this. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to see and follow your journey and to hear more from you, my love. Get ready y'all. Cause she's She's going to be doing something with me. I'm telling you, you are, you're yes. going to be coming to an event, and Nur Jahan is going to have a belly dancing party, and we are going to participate. So yes. I cannot wait. Take care, my love, and have a wonderful, wonderful day. Everyone be good to you and be good to each other. Thank you for listening to the Electric Feminine Podcast with me, your host, Anjua Maximo. If you're ready to dive into this work of developing your connection to your goddess energy, of removing those obstacles standing in your way, please reach out at info at anjua or you can check out my courses available and my private coaching at www.anjuamaximo.com. Be good to you, be good to each other.